Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. This is Dr. Dan. The United States of America is a nation in trouble and in decline. We continue to travel down a path that is the very antithesis of the principles on which our nation was founded. The bold entrepreneurial spirit that fueled our growth and prosperity is now maligned and punished, and the rugged individualism of the frontier is scorned while collectivism and mediocrity is praised and mandated. Only the truly ignorant or those totally disconnected from truth and logic fail to understand the consequences of what is happening. Our nation is ensnared in the death spiral that has destroyed dozens of societies before us over the course of history. We are trapped in a spiral of debt, borrowing money to pay the interest on our past debts. After spending $17 trillion over 50 years in programs claiming to eliminate poverty, the result has been the establishment of a permanent recipient class for whom dependency is a way of life. Millions of our fellow citizens are trapped in this spiral of dependency. Worst of all, however, is our spiral of immorality, in which the lying, cheating, and stealing by the arrogant elitists, who have become our rulers instead of our peers, serves as a behavior model for all society. The gang of interchangeable thieves and liars we send to Washington to represent our interests pay hollow lip service to the Constitution. While enriching themselves financially, they have allowed the federal government and its chief executive to amass absolute power. Absolute power that is not one bit less than that of the English monarch we overthrew during the Revolutionary War. 
If I were to ask you, can our nation be saved? Can our constitutional republic and our individual freedom, can that be salvaged? I wouldn't be surprised if half of you resoundingly replied no. Many believe that our government is irretrievably broken and that the solemn compact made between the Constitution's framers and the citizens of the original 13 colonies, our birthright of individual freedom, is gone forever. There are, however, those who truly believe that it is still possible to restore the United States of America to a nation with a small federal government strictly limited by the powers enumerated in the Constitution, by which individual citizens can engage in the free market exchange of goods and services without the regulatory fist of government controlling every aspect of their lives. Being that America is the home of ingenuity, there is no shortage of proposals to achieve that goal. Since the Nullify Now Symposium in Raleigh last October, Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum and Freedom Forum Radio have hosted discussions of nullification as a means to combat and end federal tyranny. Other groups are calling for an Article 5 constitutional convention or a convention of states to propose amendments to the Constitution. The amendments to be considered supposedly generally deal with balancing the federal budget and eliminating clauses in the Constitution that have allowed the federal government to amass power. It is the obligation of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum and Freedom Forum Radio to facilitate the free exchange of ideas and to promote a discussion of all proposals that seek to achieve that goal of a free America inhabited by free, sovereign citizens. To discuss these options and clarify the risks and benefits of each course of action, my special guest on Freedom Forum Radio is noted author and retired litigation attorney Publius Hulda. Before becoming a lawyer, she received a degree in philosophy specializing in the philosophy of political systems and theories of knowledge. Ms. Hulda has written extensively about the meaning and intent of the authors of the U.S. Constitution. She uses the original writings of the framers, the Federalist Papers, and other documents as proof. She believes that federal judges and politicians routinely ignore our Constitution substituting their own personal opinions and political agendas and their beliefs for those of the framers. Her hope, as well as mine, is that teaching citizens our founding principles will lead to a restoration of our constitutional republic. It is with great pleasure that I welcome Publius Hulda to Freedom Forum Radio. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Dan. I am delighted and honored to be here. Well, thank you very much, Publius Hulda. It is, it is an honor to be talking with you. I know my listeners are going to be spending a lot of time with us now, learning things that they may have learned in the past, may have forgotten, but things that are essential. To me, 
This is one of the most critical, if not the most critical issue that faces our nation today. Whether we survive as a nation or not is going to depend upon what happens now as we come to this juncture. So let me ask you, just start off, can you set the basis for our discussion? Talk to me and talk to my listeners about the Constitution, what the framers intended, and where we have gone wrong. Yes, it is very important to understand the proper relationship between the people and the federal government. We have been conditioned to think of the federal government as our master, but that is wrong. We, the people, created the federal government when we ratified the Constitution. Our framers referred to the federal government as our creature, and it is completely subject to the terms of the Constitution we ratified. All the powers we delegated to our creature are listed, itemized, enumerated in the Constitution. If a power isn't listed in the Constitution, the federal government can't lawfully do it. Basically, all our Constitution authorizes the federal government to do for the country at large falls into four categories. One, military defense, international commerce and relations. Two, immigration and naturalization. Three, domestically establish a uniform commercial system. Weights and measures, patents and copyrights, a money system based on gold and silver, bankruptcy laws, mail delivery, and some road building. These are listed in Article 1, Section 8. And finally, with some of the amendments, secure certain civil and voting rights. That's basically it. All other powers are reserved to the states or the people. You know, you... But... I'll give you the but. Okay. But, a hundred years ago, progressives took over and started usurping all kinds of powers not delegated to the federal government. This usurping has increased so that today most of what the federal government does is unconstitutional as outside the scope of the powers delegated in the Constitution. Now, all this is relevant to how we got a national debt of $17 trillion. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More with Publius Hulda right after this. Well, let's go back a second because you have raised what I consider to be one of the most important issues that people must understand. And I know that you've said it, and I'm going to say it again. Thirteen individual sovereign states got together and made a compact called the Constitution. Thirteen sovereign individual sovereign states got together and they made a a contract, and that was the Constitution. In that contract, they acted as the creator's of a governmental entity, 
and that governmental entity they endowed with powers that were very limited. They would not have, and if you understand at all what had just gone on, they had just gotten rid of a monarch who was oppressive, who taxed them to death. By our standards, it was pretty lenient, but by their standard, it was horrendous. And so they got rid of this monarch, okay? They never would have agreed to sign a constitution in which a central authority would have been able to be the same as the monarch that they had just gotten rid of. That would have been insane. Correct. And so what they did is they limited the powers, and that is what that Constitution is about. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, you mentioned that the states made the compact with each other. That is correct. It's very important to understand that the federal government is not a member of this contract. The federal government is only the creature of the compact and is completely subject to its terms. That's what uh, Thomas Jefferson said in the Kentucky Resolutions of 1798, and James Madison said in his report to the Virginia legislature on nullification in 1800. And And you said it correctly. Congratulations. Most people get it wrong. Well, that's really the key, isn't it? is that people mm-hmm. got together, the states were sovereign. That's where the sovereignty resides. Sovereignty yes. resides in the people as individuals, and they give a little bit of their sovereignty to their state. Yes. It was never intended that the federal entity be, a, be anything more than the creation of the compact of the 13 sovereign states. Yes. And and that's really where things have gone wrong, hasn't it? Yes. So things have gone wrong because, as you mentioned, the progressive movement sought to change things. So what went on? Well, the progressives uh, thought that um, they could fix everything by managing everything. So they are the ones who began the regulatory welfare state. They started spending money on all of their welfare programs and regulatory programs. All of their spending was unconstitutional. Congress may lawfully spend money only on the enumerated objects of its powers. So if you look at the chart I gave you, or in the Constitution, Congress can lawfully spend money only on war, running the embassies overseas, operating the Patent and Copyright Office, the Mint, the federal courts, the post offices, and some road building, and the salaries of those on the civil list. Everyone should go through the Constitution and highlight all the powers delegated to Congress and the President. That is the complete list of what Congress can lawfully spend money on. So the powers delegated to the federal government and what the feds may lawfully spend money on are so limited and defined that our framers contemplated that for the most part the federal government could be funded by import tariffs and excises on things like whiskey. We have a debt of over $17 trillion 
because Congress spends trillions on matters over which it has no constitutional authority, such as subsidizing Brazilian cotton farmers, teaching Chinese prostitutes how to drink responsibly, and most of the existing federal departments and agencies are unconstitutional as outside the scope of the powers delegated, such as the departments of education, agriculture, HHS, labor, energy, etc. They're all unconstitutional departments, and that's how we got a seventeen trillion debt. Well, if all of these all of these things that Congress is doing are unconstitutional, why is the federal government allowed to do it? The big dirty secret which the supporters of a con-con won't address is the states love all this federal spending. I read where one-third of of each state's budget comes from federal grants and funding. In my state, one of our best state senators introduced a bill to nullify Obamacare. Well, the objection was, oh, we can't nullify it. We'll lose $6 billion in federal funding. I'm in Tennessee. So Tennessee state legislature, they don't want to lose their $6 billion in federal funding. So no, we're not going to nullify Obamacare. That the states are every bit as corrupt as the federal government. And the idea that the states are the ones to fix things at an Article 5 convention is so preposterous that I don't know how anybody can be so stupid as to believe it. You know, don't you think as well that the Supreme Court, through its really terrible decisions, is one of the main culprits in allowing the federal government to proceed along this course? Well, yes, uh, but uh, it was in the 1870s uh, when the legal philosophy shifted dramatically. Before that, the lawyers thought of law as being fixed, as representing eternal principles, God's principles, God's morality. So law was permanent and fixed. It was enshrined in the Constitution in black commentaries and the like. But in the 1870s, Darwinism was applied to law. And the lawyers started thinking of law as something which evolves to reflect the changing conditions. So it was evolutionary the- evolution theory applied to law, which resulted in the abandonment of fixed principles, so that in the early 1900s, Charles Evans Hughes, may his name go down in infamy, who later became Chief Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, said, the Constitution means what the judges say it means. So in the law schools, and I was in law school many, many decades ago, Uh, We were taught that the Constitution means what the Supreme Court said it meant. 
And in all my years of being a lawyer and in all the lawyers I've talked to, I have never met a single lawyer who read the Constitution in law school. We didn't read it in my law school. Instead, we read Supreme Court opinions which told us that Congress can do whatever it wants. That concludes part one of this four-part interview with Publius Hulda. Make sure you tune in to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum next week for part two. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. I get joy in everything. 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 Everything gonna be all right this morning.